0: Hello and welcome to Netflix, your weekly guide on what to binge this week. I'm
1: Helen Daly. And I'm Helen Kelly. Together with the two Helens. Consider us your go-to girls. Your go-to Helens. For everything you need to know on the latest Netflix releases. This week we're going to be chatting about Our Planet, Sir
0: David Attenborough's new series on Netflix. And I was incredibly lucky to meet Sir David earlier in the year, so I'll let you guys know what he thinks about the whole series. Not only is this unmissable, it is also vitally important. Stay tuned to find out more. So Our Planet from David Attenborough and the genius team that he works with is a new series on Netflix that looks at the effects of climate change on our planet. (laughs) So it starts off with kind of like the first episode looks at the effects in general. So how, you know, each kind of effect can affect somewhere else. I'll I'll stop saying effect soon. (laughs) And then every other episode after that looks at different habitats and the creatures that live in it. And basically, it's your standard David Attenborough format. It's different animals, different stories. But this time around, it has, you know, the problems that these habitats are coming under, which makes it a little bit different, I thought. Um, So I have seen pretty much all of it.
1: How about you, Helen? I watched one episode this morning... Um, I got slightly distracted, but I did watch as much as I could. What did you think of it? Firstly, it's just beautiful. Like, (laughs) what you would expect from a David Attenborough documentary. Everything that he touches quite literally turned to gold, in my opinion. When it was like Blue Planet and the look into our oceans, or um, when he did the series on Africa. Just all of it is just... the Like, all of... The video footage that they get is just so stunning. There's, like, one moment in the first episode where all those, like, birds are flocking and, like, swooping down into the sea to get, like, food. And I was just mesmerized. I was just like, oh, my gosh, how is there so many birds? And then the next bit is all of these flamingos and there's this flamingo, like, hopping across the water. Let's not talk about
0: the flamingos. It's too soon. The little baby
1: one. Sorry. But (laughs) the the original, like, the start of that is just all of the color and it's just so vivid and you just kind of get drawn into it and you can't really look away and just I think seeing that kind of footage because you're like what it's got such an important message and because you're so attracted to like the color and like focusing on what's happening you get yeah you get really invested that bit with the wildebeest as well oh my god all of it like all of it you're catching your breath
0: constantly through it and you know, we have seen these series before. Mm. We've had Planet Earth, we had Planet Earth 2, Frozen Planet, Blue Planet. We've had all of these kind of shows, but this one is so different and so incredibly poignant at this mm. time that, yeah, you just, you watch it in a completely different way, I found. So when I was watching it, I wasn't just like, oh, look at that lovely little monkey climbing around the trees. Mm. It's like, actually look at that monkey that's being threatened look at that monkey that might not actually have a habitat soon and you know you you do watch it in a completely different way and of course you have sir david's voice over it which is just he's the godfather isn't he i think it
1: kind of highlights that when you watch a kind of nature program you're always like oh my god that like baby giraffe is not gonna escape oh my god that lion's gonna eat that oh my gosh is that is that polar bear going to fall in the sea? And yeah. You, or like, is that penguin going to survive? And you're always rooting for the animal. And obviously, we know how nature works. And sometimes it's just like that's what happens. That that's life. That's the cycle of life. <laughs> the circle. cycle of life. That's the one. Um, Elton would be turning. <laughs> sorry, but it's just kind of like with this one. It highlights, yeah, that's the cycle of life. But now we're affecting it we're kind of destroying their habitat so we can't really sit back and be like oh my god I hope they're all right we actually need to go and do something about it we really need to like look at how we are treating our planet
0: well yeah that's it and I mean I as I said before in the introduction had the immense pleasure of catching up with Sir David Attenborough and producers of the series um Keith Scully and Alistair Fothergill um, and they kind of discussed the reasons for this series because obviously, you know, we have had them before. And, um, you know, they were asked, you know, what what would you say to people that don't believe in climate change? And it for, you know, me and you, we can't imagine that ever, that people wouldn't believe in climate change. You know, and um, Alistair makes a very good point. He says, you know, that the weight of evidence is just so immense that you cannot deny it. And he said you know, we have scenes in the series, we say, don't tell, show. Um, Show that climate change is happening big time and it's happening to wild populations as we speak, even as we speak right now. You know, so he said um, they're dealing with the facts and they have shots in this show that, you know, no one has seen before. They have a glacier that breaks away within 40 minutes and it melts. And that's just insane to think 40 minutes... You you imagine climate change happening over a long period of time, but these guys have gone out over the space of five years and have seen it firsthand mm. and have captured it on film. And I think that's what makes our planet so incredibly important because it's not just happening now; it's happening fast.
1: That's probably about the length of this podcast—forty minutes. It's a bit scary. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know exactly. Like you know, last week we spoke for forty minutes about what's on Netflix, and it's like actually, if we spent forty minutes you know, recycling, looking after the planet, Mm. taking care of our beaches, perhaps, you know, shows like our planet wouldn't need to exist soon. What what bits did you find that stuck out for you in
1: the first episode? Oh my gosh, there were so many. Obviously, the first bit with the birds, I just thought that was like a really good kind of start but there's a bit later on with some other birds I can't remember what they're called and when they're all like trying to flirt with this other bird and then the bird gets his mates involved and there's this bit and it's like quite funny it's quite like a nice little uplifting moment and they're all sitting on this branch and they're all like leaning forward kind of like waiting to see like oh has he pulled and it's like (laughs) I was sitting like laughing so much and the girl's like right all right yeah yeah why not you're not too bad if he's done this like little dancer here I just thought that was so funny and it kind of like you can kind of picture that you know when you've got like a wingman wingwoman on like a night out and just like I just thought it was so funny to see it with like these three birds just like all right are you gonna are you gonna go out with them or <laughs> I just I loved it I don't know um and then the wildebeest moment heartbreaking mm-hmm. but Survived finally, someone survived on a David Ambrose show. <laughs> yeah, there has to be like one. I, I know, think, <laughs> in one an episode. Series. Yeah,
0: no, um, actually, you know, further on in the series as well, you get more of those like really funny mating rituals, mm. and there's this bird that transforms itself so it looks like a perfect black circle from above. It's Ooh, really bizarre, God. and then it like flaps its neck, and then like flashes of like yellow and blue appear, and you just see so this, it, it flashes its neck yeah literally like it's neck like bricks essentially and then like these little flashes of colour come out of this black circle.
1: Oh my god. And
0: you could see the woman bird <laughs> watching it and she's like yes like digging it completely. She's well into it. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and of course they obviously made it at the end but like yeah it's these like things that you never expect these shows to surprise you because you're like well how many more stories can mm. I see about like a bird or whatever. But Like, the universe is genuinely so nuts that there's birds, like, breaking its neck to get a woman. And it's quite nice. (laughs) The things animals will do. (laughs) And, um, yeah, one of the things that um, David and Keith and Alistair were really keen to say was how kind of revolutionary this season was. They have managed to capture some species that have literally never, ever been seen on camera before because you just
1: can't. I think they mentioned that in episode one as there's some, like, little ants walking along with some leaves and I'm like oh my gosh what is that what is this you've like you know I mean, obviously these I've seen ants but like <laughs> there's some other things that I mentioned and I'm like what is that like the plant that catches some insects and in it's like sticky cup or whatever yeah it it's so weird
0: and like it brings a plant to life yeah <laughs> like, well, what's going on but yeah they actually um told a really nice story about um some leopards that you see later on I think it's episode five that you see um these leopards, desert leopards they are, they live kind of on a cliff face, like in a land that is really like dangerously inhabitable. Um, and they set up some camera traps because you just can't go out there. And, um, yeah, they said basically, um, they set up a trap on a ledge and a male leopard come and walked past, obviously set the trap off and he sat down right in front of the trap, which itself is like amazing. Mm. And it's like this beautiful shot, you know, you've got the leopard on one third and then you've got like this sunset, it's gorgeous. And then this female comes up, walks straight past, like gives his chin a little rub and then they start mating. So like, not only do they have like leopards that they've never seen before, but they have leopards like doing it that they've
1: never seen before. So they've made a porno basically.
0: It's leopards, Leopard porno. (laughs) I mean, let's not get into that one. <laughs>
1: oh, my gosh. But yeah, like that the scale so of this
0: is huge. And um, Alistair was really keen to say that, you know, he said um, that although, you know, they've done plenty of big series before because these guys were, were bit the, brain char- the brain children of um, our, sorry, planet Earth. And he said, um, you know, this one had, quote, an enormous scale. They used 50 countries, which is just an insane amount. So he said, um, you know, in the UK, people are used to high quality natural history because they've seen a lot and they needed to film a lot to raise the bar. Um, So there's a sequence of Siberian tigers in far Eastern Russia. They built them a special wooden hut. They stayed there for seven weeks and literally they only left the hut once a week to go and get some food for six hours. Otherwise they were just in this hut. They did everything in this hut. And Alistair said um, they didn't film a single shot of Siberian tigers while they were there for seven weeks, <laughs> which is just crazy. But yeah, they set up some camera traps um, and then they got it. <laughs> and It was the technology that got it. So yeah, I think that's one thing that's really impressive with our planet is you can really appreciate how technology has advanced with these shows and how actually crucial it is to
1: capturing wildlife. I think it's all with our planet and them having to go to 50 different countries. Obviously we've seen Blue Planet and Planet Earth, but Netflix is going to broadcast this kind of worldwide, so it's quite good to see. Like, imagine you're in a country and you're watching it, and you're like, "Oh my god, yeah, I live right next it's down the road." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like I recognise that This is in my country. This is in my home. That these animals are. What do we have? Urban foxes, which are still important, yeah, still pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> um, but I don't think they'll be on. Um, will they be on our
0: planet? Who knows? They're not on any I've seen, but I've seen them on like a David Attenborough they show have been before. A, yeah, yeah, they do like city dwellers mm. and stuff. But um yeah, yeah, no, it is like it is fascinating and they said, you know, the main reason because, you know, David Attenborough is a BBC guy, that's what we know him for. Um, but they said they because of the urgency of the message and because, you know, climate change is moving so quickly, they had to get it on Netflix because they needed to give it to a younger audience. Like you and me, in the hopes that um, we will be the ones to make the change because we're the ones that have been handed this planet, so now it's our responsibility to change it and like stop it from, you know, dying essentially. And I think, um, I think it's really interesting, actually. I think it's a really good move from David Attenborough because a lot of his series are on Netflix, but yeah. you have to wonder how many people watch them.
1: Yeah, I think as well because Netflix has so many like consumers or like well subscribers and then people share their logins and things. So then every, it's got a wider audience I just think rather than it being on the BBC and then maybe sold to like different territories like BBC selling it maybe to like BBC America, I don't know how it works. Um but instead of going onto Netflix and dropping across the planet at the same time is just going to have so much of an impact. I can already see all of the uh, comments on Twitter.
0: Yeah, and, like, you can already tell that this is probably going to win awards. Like, mm. we all remember from, um, was it Blue Planet, the um, the I scene with, so. like, the, the fish getting caught in plastic and stuff. And, like, really, really upsetting scenes. And you do get similarly, you know, heart-rendering scenes throughout. Um, and I think, yeah, I think, you know, dropping it all on Netflix at the same time it connects our planet and it's a lovely little like message bringing it full circle round
1: yeah i think do you think they'll follow up with another one after this do you think it will be successful enough for there to be in our planet too because we've had like blue planet Two, and we've had like planet earth too i think
0: yeah i mean i certainly hope so um they didn't really know when i spoke to them because obviously mm. these things take so long to film yeah um you know, they're filming for five years and that's just the filming bit. They've still got to do all the research and everything.
1: Do you think it's kind of scary that they're filming it for five years and yet they're trying to get it out on Netflix because of this sense of agency? And yeah. it's kind of like, it takes so much time to fill all, film all of this that they're probably not even getting it out as quickly as they want. Yeah,
0: they they need it out like immediately, I guess. But um, they have followed it up interestingly with a website mm. um, and I think it's ourplanet.com and that they've teamed up with the WWF and Mm -hmm. they've got hints and tips that like me and you can actually follow little stages that if we just kind of adapt our lives a little bit um with their guidance that will help um which I think is actually a really interesting way because obviously Netflix is online tying it in with the website and the youth and whatnot I think that is like actually a really really good tool that they've got there
1: I think the little hints and tips as well is a really good idea because after Blue Planet, we saw that so many people now are trying to cut down on their plastic usage. We see it in like stores now, they're charging for plastic bags or they're saying, we're going to give you wooden cutlery. People aren't putting straws out in bars and pubs and restaurants. And I think as well, just people are consciously like buying those reusable cups and taking them to um, all well known good coffee chains to. to kind of get their coffee and also save money because don't you get like I think you get some money off your coffee which we all know every little helps. Um, but I just think it kind of it kind of gets you to think and I'd rather go out and buy a reusable reusable cup than to carry my coffee to work in than know that I'm contributing to the kind of like the tragedy that we do see in Blue Planet so I think I've I really think we'll see some things online these are the tips Amber wants you to follow to save the planet and I think there'll be a lot more within businesses I don't think it will just be people who watch it at home and think oh what can I do around the house I think it will be like businesses and huge corporations will be like okay this is what our consumers want this is what people are listening to we need to act and hopefully also governments kind of realizing we need to do more to tackle climate change
0: well that is it um you know these guys are actively targeting global leaders global businesses because they know that they obviously have the power to Mm. change it but they're saying you know if we all can take little steps then maybe that'll kind of spur on the government as well you know and everyone will like help everyone um Yeah, I mean, I would like to see another series because I think it works really well on Netflix. Um, It is bingeable. Mm. (laughs) Um, And it is entertaining as well. It's not just informative. It it is entertaining. You get lovely stories. You get amazing shots. And I think, um, yeah, I think it'll be back. And I would love to see David Attenborough there as well. He seems keen to continue.
1: I think his work is just so important. And he's now become such a national treasure. So I really do hope that with this people will sit up and listen because they trust him they know what goes into his documentaries we've seen the behind the scenes work and I just think when I see that David Attenborough is kind of tied to me, I think all right okay this is genuine this is like important because I think he has seen so much of the world he's seen like habitat and landscapes and kind of where all of these species live change of us like a really long period of time and I think he is seeing it firsthand, and then coming back and showing it to us. And I just think he's someone like who we all kind of really trust and I think Netflix have definitely hit the nail on the head by asking him to go out and do it instead of just picking some random celebrity or A lister to just front a show. Yeah, completely. And I mean it's
0: not you know, it's not just Attenborough obviously he is the the face and the voice of it. Um, you know, the team that work on it have worked on these kind of documentaries for a long time um Alistair he said something really poignant that really stuck with me actually um from the interview he said um I filmed chimpanzees in West Africa for a long time and I remember the first time I went there the drive to get there would take about three hours to get through the rainforest and then every single year after that the drive got shorter and shorter because the rainforest was getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back so he said you know just from a practical point of view Mm -hmm. he has seen the change and he's witnessed it and he's seen the damage that it has and these guys that work on shows like this they're all so passionate that they're they not making this because you know it's been commissioned they're making it because it needs to be made yeah i think we'll see more of this definitely excellent i can't wait So here on Netflix, we like to give you lovely listeners some hints on what we think you should watch next. And really, if you haven't seen Planet Earth, the first thing you have to do when you finish listening to this episode, of course, is get back on Netflix and watch Planet Earth. The makers of Our Planet were all working together in 2006 for this incredible and landmark series narrated by Sir David. There really wouldn't be any nature documentaries if
1: it wasn't for this, and there certainly wouldn't be an Our Planet. So get on it, people. However, if you're more interested in the conservation and protection of wildlife, you can't go far wrong with blackfish. The 2013 American film looks at the life of Tilikum, an orca held by SeaWorld. The captivating documentary delves into the controversy of captive killer whales and whether they should be out in the wild. And along the same lines, I recently stumbled across The Ivory Game, which
0: examines ivory trade and how much of a damaging impact it has on elephants in the wild. It's a hugely charged watch and counts Leonardo DiCaprio as one of its producers. Again, it's another important film and delivers a serious message which really shouldn't be ignored. So that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us to chat about the wonderful and remarkable our planet. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, comment and tell your friends about us. And join in on the with the debate on Twitter. That's at Netflixedpod where we'll be teasing details of our next episode.
1: Next week we're looking at one of the biggest Netflix releases of the year. It's The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, season two. Yay! <laughs> it's
0: your favourite.
1: <laughs> Not quite, but close.
0: <laughs> and to celebrate, we're welcoming welcoming back Callum Crumlish to Netflix, who will give us
1: all the information on what fans can expect from the new episodes. He also caught up with Ambrose star, Chance Podomo, so it will be interesting to hear what he has to say on season two. Fans of Sabrina, you won't want to miss this. See you next week. Bye.